Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Over the past few years, we've had the good fortune to share some time uh, here on the podcast with some of the real estate attorneys from Lavelle Law who always share with us a great deal of advice um, on buying property, you know, be it personal uh, or vacation residence of some sort or a commercial building. Uh, in retrospect, I don't think we've ever really spent much time discussing purchases of condominiums. And uh, as we will find out today, that is a, a bit of a unique experience with some additional aspects that first-time buyers should have knowledge of. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And while we're covering a new topic today, we're also going to do so with a new contributor. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the podcast for the first time Lavelle Law Attorney Kevin Mitrick, um, who's going to talk to us uh, about this uh, different topic. So first of all, uh, Kevin, it's very nice to have you join us. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, Jim. Nice talking with you. Uh, so you, you, we've got some specifics to cover, um, but before we do that, I'm going to ask, I guess, what I'll consider to be a, a fairly silly question. But from a legal perspective, it may matter. And, and you know, we've got single-family homes, apartments, townhomes, et cetera. When we talk about condominiums, is there a specific set of conditions that define, from a legal perspective, what we mean when we say a condominium? A condominium is, for all intents and purposes, a, a an apartment building that the individual apartments are owned by individuals rather than a management company or a landlord. So each individual unit owner owns their particular unit, and then they own a percentage interest in the building as a whole. Okay. And and as you assist buyers then uh, who are looking at a condominium unit, I assume there's some specific things they should be aware of because of some of those shared spaces and such. So, you know, what are some of the top things that might be unique to purchasing a condominium? Well, one thing that I, I talk to all buyers about is the fact that you're going to have some shared expenses. When you move into a condominium, one of the benefits that a lot of people see as opposed to a single-family home where you, um, you basically put the bill for all repairs, when it comes to a condominium, you share those bills with everyone else in the condominium. Um, so it's really important to budget and budget appropriately and continually have the association as a whole reflect on the amount of money that's coming in, what the known expenditures are, what future future expenditures are, because when it comes to a condominium, those costs can increase and it can increase substantially quickly. And you want to make sure that the association is not only budgeting for repairs and, and costs that are known, but also those that aren't known, sort of like a rainy day fund. So I tell all clients to follow the money to make sure that the amount that the association is bringing in makes sense for those expenses that are known and those projects that are coming up. And, and as we go back to our definitions, you've mentioned here the, the association. Now, is that, a, is that a sort of a governing board made up of the people who, who live in the building? Or, um, you know, how does that association get formed and what do they do? You're absolutely right. It is just a governing board of individuals that own units in the building. For the most part, it's comprised of owner-occupants. And it 
is a group of people that meet usually once a month to discuss association business, come up with plans, and implement those plans. So they have a lot of financial responsibility, a lot of utility management, uh, things of that nature. And, and I want to focus a little bit. You mentioned, you know, budgeting as, as a condo owner, being prepared for the fees you might have to pay. Um, you know, tell me about the expenses and, and other things that might impact a, a condominium owner and, and how they should properly budget for that. And what do they look for and, and what sort of projects might they be on the hook for as a, as a member of that unit then? So each month, association unit owners pay a monthly fee to the association sort of uh, for the privilege of living in the building and also contributing towards the overall expenses. So uh, generally each month, the regular monthly assessment is what it's called, goes towards paying those regular bills. So things like the electric bill for the common area, uh, garbage service, water service. However, as I mentioned before, just like any other home, there are unknown expenses. So that budget should also take a portion of the amount that's coming in for assessments and put that into something that we call a reserve fund. And a reserve fund is a rainy day fund. It's used for unknown expenses that come up later on. You want to make sure that the association has a very good, solid reserve fund and also plans to continue funding that reserve. And what most buyers need to look for and ask questions about are capital expenditures. Capital expenditures are, in my mind, large-scale projects and expenses that come up that an association may know about that they need to budget for and implement in their budget some sort of system of either saving for it or, if the budget allows, just paying for it directly. Because what we want to make sure of and what I tell unit owners or prospective unit owners is that they need to investigate whether or not this association has the money that they need to address the problems that they have. So when an association doesn't have enough funds on hand to cover the costs that they know about, they'll need to do something to generate those funds. And there's very few places that association can go to generate additional funds. And it's always going to fall on the unit owners. So the association can levy something called a special assessment. And a special assessment is an assessment over and above what you pay on a normal monthly basis. Now, these can usually be paid in lump sums, but depending on the project that's necessary to fund, it can be rather large. So you buyers want to pay particular attention to whether or not an association is planning any large-scale projects, and if they are, whether or not they're going to need a special assessment to fund those projects. Additionally, an association can increase assessments to try and save up for a particular project. So each year, associations generally do increase assessments, but it's on a small scale. When we talk about large-scale projects, associations sometimes have to increase the monthly assessment significantly. And lastly, if an association does not want to raise monthly assessments and isn't in a position to levy a special assessment, then they may seek a loan from an outside lender and they'll need to repay that loan. And for loan repayment, they're going to have to come back to unit owners. So those large-scale projects should be budgeted for. And when they're not, the association sometimes can't hold off on performing those tasks or projects, in which case they're going to have to go back to the unit owners. And, and those are the three 
most probable ways an association is going to generate those income, that income that they need to, to yeah. actually pay for the project. I'm uh, busy scribbling down notes here, and if uh, you are listening to our podcast, uh, it's our first chance to welcome Lobel Law Attorney Kevin Mitrick to uh, Chicago's Legal Latte. Um, we're not going to get to everything today, and I'm sure you've got questions as well. You can get to know more about him by visiting his profile page at lobellaw.com. Uh, Kevin obviously focuses much of his practice on real estate law, and I'm anxious to have future discussions with him. Um, today we're talking about condominium buyers, and you talked about the special assessments, Kevin. And um, if, I, if I'm a condo owner, I've, I've purchased that unit. Am I then basically agreeing to be on the hook for you know whether the monthly assessments or special assessments come? Do I have any choice in those matters, or once they're assessed, I'm obligated to, to contribute to those? Once they're assessed, you're obligated to contribute. Um, part of, of moving into a condominium is agreeing to abide by the rules and regulations of the condominium. And most declarations will tell you that the association does have the ability to levy a special assessment or increase regular assessments. So it's not something that you can push back on. And, and you, you mentioned before you buy, you know, kind of look into what, uh, you know, the, maybe the financial record or the behavior of the uh, of the association to know what they may be planning and what they may be capable of doing. Um, so that leads me to, to, to then assume that uh, there is some obligation by the association to keep records, to have a, a printed budget and uh, meeting minutes. Is that all something that has to be available for a potential buyer or even a current resident to, to see at any time? So an association under Illinois law does have to produce certain documents at the request of a buyer, a prospective buyer. So that would include a budget, rules and regulations, the condominium declaration, um, the disclosure about the financial condition of the association, whether or not they're anticipating capital projects or expenditures, how they plan to fund those. So it, it's important for any buyer to ask for all the information the association has. And a lot of times I'll have my clients ask for items that aren't necessarily required by the Condominium Property Act, which is the Illinois law that I was just referring to. Um, and as far as those documents and pieces of information on the outside of the act, you want to ask for meeting minutes because that's going to be a, a good record of what the association is discussing and where the association is going in terms of projects, um, whether or not they think they have the money to fund the projects. It's just a wealth of information. Mm -hmm. And um, wealth of information is a great way to describe what we're talking about here today. You've uh, certainly provided a lot. We've only got a couple minutes left, and I, I wonder, based on your experience, can you share maybe some costly mistakes that, that uh, buyers make that uh, you really could help them avoid? I mean, things that were uh, maybe the first-time condo buyer they hadn't thought of and things that they should be aware of to make life easier and more affordable as they go forward? Absolutely. And, and the one call that I get most often is from association members who have purchased in a building and, and didn't familiarize themselves with the rules and regulations of the condominium. And, and that may seem like sort of harmless because for most people, they don't really see a, a condo governing board as an entity that can come back and penalize them in any way for, for breaking these rules and regulations. They sometimes you see those rules and regulations as, as guidelines. But in fact, once adopted, and depending on the, the powers that the condominium board has, 
you can actually be fined and penalized for failing to abide by those rules and regulations. And some of those fines can be incredibly costly. So one thing that I, I tell all clients to do is to take time and read through all the documents you receive before you purchase so you know what is allowed and what isn't allowed because it can be incredibly costly and it can even result in, in a lawsuit by the association against you. And and from just a buyer's perspective, uh, you know, I, I'm sure people are looking at condos frequently because of location, um, you know, maybe close to work, close to the city, things they want to be involved with and uh, seem inclined to perhaps want to make their first purchase condo as opposed to a single-family home where there's less to do necessarily. Um, but are there things just in general about buying a condo that we should be aware of as well? I mean, it's, it's sort of a different living experience uh, as a homeowner when you're sort of sharing walls with others. Is that really one of the first things they have to be aware of? They should be. And, and they should talk to people that own in the building before you purchase in a building to make sure it's, it's the type of environment that you feel comfortable in, that you're going to thrive in. Because usually there's an old adage that birds of a feather flock together. And, and when it comes to condominiums, you will generally find that you have one type of personality on a particular floor in a particular building and another type of personality in a particular floor in a particular building. Now, that's not to say that it's, it's you know, the rule for every building, but I've had clients tell me that's the case very often, and, and several of them have said they wish they knew about the association and the other unit owners before they moved in. And it's something that they should investigate a little bit further, talk to other unit owners, take the time to familiarize themselves with the building as a whole before you pull the trigger and buy. Well, um very, you know, outstanding advice and very timely advice from uh, Attorney Kevin Mitrick today on uh, condominium buying. It's a, it's a increasingly strong real estate market, and if you're out there shopping, um, you know, give certainly some thought to these items. And we want to thank Kevin for joining us today and sharing his knowledge with us. Um, you know, let's let's make sure you get a chance to get to know Kevin a little bit better. You can visit LavelleLaw.com. Um, and get that information, but also give them a call, 847-705-7555 if you're thinking about purchasing a condo or uh, even uh, starting to think about it, things to know. You want to hear more about things we talked about today. That's 847-705-7555 or lavellelaw.com. And we certainly uh, thank Kevin for being here. Thank you for listening as well. We'll talk to you again soon.